0: after the bell podcast brought to you by connex education academy our podcast is here to help teachers leaders and tutors we will be discussing the latest issues in education and sharing top tips for use in the classroom both face to face or virtually welcome back to after the bell brought to you by connex academy We are committed to ensuring that schools and their staff are supported with as much training as possible. Today we're going to unpick the hot topic of equality, diversity and inclusion. Our guest today is Debbie Innes-Turnhill. Debbie has been a teacher for 30 years, a lecturer at Birmingham University and is also an independent safeguarding consultant. We're going to talk about something that's often difficult for schools to think about and implement in a meaningful way and what does it mean? So equality, diversity and inclusion. So let's get started and start to think about what these terms actually mean. Hi, Debbie. Great to have you here.
1: Hi, Georgie. I think that's a really good idea. There are quite a few definitions of EDI. So let's, for for this podcast, think about diversity as the ways in which people differ. Inclusion being about all people regardless of their differences, having the right to be respected and appreciated as a valuable member of the community, and equality, thinking about fairness while recognising that everybody is different. And that's often confused with equity and equality all bound into one. And I think we probably mean equity rather than equality.
0: It's interesting, isn't it, that equality or equity? um description so i think schools need to think about what the
1: terms mean for them and really define that when they're whether they're implementing an action plan or whatever and then they need to ensure that that anything they do means everyone who is different is able to engage in whatever the school does with the barriers removed
0: and does this work kind of build on the foundations of the equality act
1: Yeah, the Equality Act 2010 and the 1988 Human Rights Act, they give us the legal framework to support fairness, respect, equality, dignity and autonomy in particular for those who have those nine protected characteristics, age, disability, gender reassignment, marriage or civil partnership, pregnancy and maternity, race, religion or belief, sex and sexual orientation.
0: And listeners can find out more about these on the recent webinar that we recorded, Debbie.
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, we talked through how these characteristics might influence school policy and practice and how they're now woven through keeping children safe in education. And so they've become a safeguarding issue for schools as well as
0: having the legal and moral imperative. So with with Kesey and 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 those sort of other acts, what else do schools need to consider in order to make sure that they fulfil these obligations?
1: So I I think that schools need to consider their community and what those those words EDI mean to them all, what do the children and young people think, what do staff think, what do governors think, what do parents think and I think if you can capture all those ideas around what what edi means then it should be followed by exploring how those who do feel different think that they can be better included um i've seen a number of strategies where people have gone ahead and said right this is what we're going to do about edi and it's built by people who have no difference don't feel different and then it doesn't really meet the needs of those people who do Um, and I think if you really embed it in that, it gives the rationale for improving the school's approach and a very re- real set of actions based on experience rather than an assumption.
0: It is, it's that voice piece, isn't it? It's actually Absolutely. listening to, to the community. Absolutely. And that's really important. And We all make assumptions and, and these can often be wrong. Yeah, that's right. I
1: mean, I know that some schools have challenged the use of text, for example, secondary schools where, you know, they've got challenging themes, things like of mice and men and to kill a mockingbird um, and schools have removed them from the curriculum because they think they're offensive. But I was recently in a school discussing this with pupils, um, some of whom identify as black or female or disabled. And in their view, we shouldn't cover up historic views and attitudes. We should use them as a springboard to learn from in order to support
0: yeah. ongoing change in the future. Yeah, that's, that's taken me right back. I did. I my mice and men in my uh, GCSEs. So yeah, to kill an, an absolute. Yeah. And, and it, it kind of um, made you reflect on actually this is now how not to behave. And, mm-hmm. and there are learning experiences or a springboard, as you said. Really interesting, and we often make assumptions about children and young people's ability to approach the field of EDI, don't we?
1: We do. They can have some really interesting perspectives, and it really makes us think about how we can better embed EDI uh, rather than the events that can sometimes seem performative. You know, when we have an assembly on disability without any real critical thinking about how those with hidden disabilities might be excluded from the classroom or from
0: extracurricular activities. Yeah, good points, Debbie. Mm. So so what what else do you think is key for schools? I think
1: language is, is absolutely fundamental to this and how we use it. Do we talk about sexism and racism and homophobia and ableism so that they are part of the lexicon of our schools, so that pupils, staff, parents alike know what we mean, particularly when behaviours are called out? I think it's also really important to know what language to
0: use in order to honour individual identity. I love the idea of honour and celebration. I think Mm -hmm. that's something people should celebrate their own individuality and, and schools need to encourage that. But that can be a bit of a minefield, can't it?
1: Yeah, it can. I mean, for example, I don't like the word race. It has, for me, historical power and supremacy origins. Um, and we're all part of the human race, 99% when, the same when it comes to DNA. And some people, for example, in the LGBTQ plus community will refer to themselves as queer, but wouldn't want somebody else to describe them as such. So we need to be really careful about the language that we use to ascribe to other people's
0: identities. They need to self-determine. Yeah, there's lots of sensitivities around that. So what do you recommend? Well, I think ask
1: have the conversations i ask those people who identify with those protected characteristics and agree what language is going to be used in school Um, they might they might want to not have any particular language used at all but that's about making them feel as though they're a an equal member of the school community
0: it's that listening piece that voice yeah yeah Yeah. having those conversations and and not being afraid to ask the question Mm. Again you give some useful examples there Debbie of activities that school can do to bring this process in the webinar and and, yeah I think it's important that if people are listening to this that they go back and revisit the the session that we had um, which was around equality diversity and inclusion.
1: Yeah I think so I think the the webinar has got some really useful case studies to help schools how to think about embedding EDI there's a little activity in there as well about thinking about the people you surround yourself with and whether the people you surround yourself with are diverse in any way shape or form so yeah please do
0: yeah absolutely please please go and listen to that we've also got a whole suite of different courses f- focusing on equality diversity inclusion or is it equity diversity and inclusion yeah um, and uh, those actually are aimed at not just sort of UK schools, but international as well. So please pop over to connects academycom um, to search for our uh, courses around that. And hopefully they will give you a few more insights and focus on cultures and, and perspectives as well. Thank you so much, Debbie, for your time today. It's been enlightening as always and really Good that we can capture these discussions, and people have an opportunity to listen um, while they're travelling. So they hopefully are listening while we're on their commute or on the on the treadmill for the day and doing the right thing. So you can find out more by visiting Connect Academy, and you can pick up our After the Bell podcasts, which are released on a weekly basis and designed to provide quick tips and discussions with our experts around all things educational and I'm delighted to say that we now have over 3,000 listeners and growing so uh, yeah very very proud and thank you again for your time Debbie it's great to have the opportunity to talk to experts like yourself thank you for listening to After the Bell